I realized that homes are, are very sacred spaces and people love their homes and it's very meaningful to them. And uh, I started to understand that we were tapping into this experience that wasn't just building, but it was more of doing something that was fulfilling a need or a desire or a problem uh, at, in, in a space where people spent a huge majority of their time. G'day and welcome to episode 187 of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. This week I'm speaking with Dolores Davis, who is the director of CGNS based in Austin, Texas. And she is all about inspiring and nurturing both her own team and also the clients of their design build company. One of the reasons I was interested in speaking with Dolores is she is the third generation of a company that was started 60 years ago. And I think it's such a great story about starting in a time of depression and working slowly but surely to grow a company that has the clients and delighting clients at its heart. And I think there's some really good messages here for the value of housing and how we can create really important businesses that do really important work uh, to create these places where we do spend so much of our time. So here's Dolores and I started out by asking her why she does what she does today. Being a family member in a family construction company, I certainly had a strong interest in um, you know helping out and um, being a part of something that was just kind of like, this is what we, this is who we are and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I, as I got, you know, more mature and w- wanting to go to school and wanting to leave, I think everyone sort of wants to do that. Um, and, w- and when I came back, I realized that it, that being in construction and specifically in remodeling and working with homeowners and homes, um, I, I realized it could be something that was more meaningful than just building, uh, building stuff and getting paid for it and just, you know, having a life, which is great. And there's nothing wrong with taking care of your family. Um, but I realized that homes are, are very sacred spaces and people love their homes and it's very meaningful to them. And, uh, I started to understand that we were, tapping into this experience that wasn't just building, but it was more of doing something that was fulfilling a need or a desire or a problem uh, at, in, in a space where people spent a huge majority of their time. And so once I kind of, you know, grasped onto that, it was clear that this is what I wanted to do. I didn't, I never really turned back. It, it wasn't working in a family business. Isn't always easy. <laughs> But, uh, but that, that's on a whole different level yeah. working, why, why you work in a family business. That's a little bit different for me. And, and it just became, you know, something that was more of something I needed to do instead of had to do, or, 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 or more so what I got to do. I felt like mm. I get to get up every single morning and do this thing. And how awesome is that? And I still feel that way every single day. I just like, man, I, this is. 
this is a really great thing. And, and a lot of people depend on you. You know, we, we have a business. And so that, that's exciting to me too. I love it. You certainly do have a, a substantial business now. What's the size of your team currently? We have 31 employees now. And, and, and that's is, all based in, in Austin? Yep, yep. And so it sounds like the why for you is more about the people experience rather than the, the bricks and the, the timber and, and the actual house. It's more about the, the, the help and uh, what you can provide for the people. Yes, and, I, and I, that's probably true because I, I feel like that's, that's my role here. And one of the things I think um makes a really strong company is that you have all the right people in all the right positions mm-hmm. to, to be able to create to do what we do to create this thing and do what we do and my role is to sort of be that you know high level looking down i hate that term high level i don't mean that in that way but you know being able to look broadly at what we do and give it some purpose and give it meaning Otherwise, I think I think it does get into a grind, and it, it does get a little the day to day, you know, kind of can wear on you. But not if people feel like it's something a little bit bigger than than just the the and bricks and sticks, which is by no means I'm not downplaying that part. Mm-hmm. I I love that we do architecture and construction. I love that we combine those two entities to um, to be able to give clients, you know, what they want. You mentioned purpose. If you had to describe the the, what would you say is the purpose of uh, CGNS now? Gosh, that's such a good question. I I I believe our purpose is to um, to to inspire and nurture people to do what they need to do. So with either we're inspiring and nurturing a homeowner so that we can understand what they need and how we can design and build their addition or bathroom or kitchen or home, uh, or we're inspiring and nurturing employees to be the best that they can be and do the things that they want to do, whether they're a designer or a project manager or a carpenter and, and the people that we work with, you know, we have all kinds of suppliers and vendors and engineers and, you know, consultants that we work with. So I think that that, you know, and I feel like if we stay on a level like that, then it can encompass a lot of different things Mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, what we do, which is design, build, residential innovation. I can, you know, or how we do it. You know, we have processes and procedures and, you know, and all those things can kind of change and, or or in, in, in addition, um, a lot of people do things the way, you know, they know what they do and they know how we do it, but not everyone shares why they do it. And I feel yeah. like the more we pay attention to that in our company, um, the, the better we can grow and sustain and, you know, and, you know, just kind of, like I said, make it a little bit more meaningful and purposeful. Yep. Your focus of um, CGNS has been remodeling and and renovating. Uh, Firstly, why? 
and also, and secondly, <laughs> um, what what are the what are the special challenges that that brings up? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, why remodeling? It, mm. It's it's kind of that old thing. It's like why does your why does your mother use a particular soup pot? You know, it's because <laughs> that's how her grandmother did it. You know, that's the size of the bone. Um, because my parents did it, my, my uh, grandfather was a carpenter and he, uh, this was during the depression and he, he took on small jobs and, you know, he worked on homes and people didn't build new and he, nobody was building anything. And so that's what my father learned and he was a carpenter and, um, and they would just travel around the Austin area trying to figure out, you know, who needed work done and just pick up odd jobs here and there. So that was our history. And um, when my mom and dad got married, they started a remodeling company because that's what my dad knew. And, um, and so therefore that's what we've always done. And over time, you know, we're a 60 year old company in the same city. And over time, that's what we got. That's what we were known for. So, that's what we, you know, you're good at it. You stick with it and you develop all these clients and clients call you back. And so that's what you do. That shifted a little bit when we became a design build company, mm. uh, but only because people liked the business model of design build and they wanted a new home that was designed and built by the same company. So right. then we got into custom homes. I personally think, uh, remodeling, renovation, additions to old homes. I think it's way more challenging than new home construction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Because, yeah, you have existing conditions that mm. you have to deal with. Um, oftentimes, the homeowner lives in the house while you're working in the home, and that is a whole other area of complication. Um, so, or you get weird, unforeseen conditions. You don't know. Always. You know that all, the house might have been built poorly, or or creatively. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, never know. Yeah. Over over multiple different stages. Over. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine pretty much everything about remodeling is way harder than uh, starting from scratch and, uh, and and managing that that project, which. I guess comes comes down a lot to your systems, and you mentioned business processes and, and how you how you do that, how you even price for it, and and how you deal with customers along that journey. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to you though about the um, some of the other aspects of, of of the value, the environmental value of retaining some of the built stock and and trying and not to just demolish all that and 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 get rid of it. But at some point, there has to be a uh, oh, this is just too hard, or, or we're better off starting from scratch. Yeah. How do you how do you find that that point, uh, either with a customer or when you go working through a project? Yes. Um, so Stuart, who is my husband, uh, is also an architect, and uh, and what he has, and, and a salesperson. Not that being my husband is significant, but we do yeah. own the company together, and he's really good at. A meeting with clients and, and going through exactly that process because everyone's going to want, they're going to want a, a home, but they also want it to be at the best price point that they can get it at. Yeah. So if you've got, if someone has bought a house that we call it doesn't have good bones, 
then we're going to give them an analysis of if you if you if we take this down to this foundation and start all over again, this is what it's going to cost. If we scrape it and build a brand new house, this is how it's going to cost. And so we go in and do an assessment. We look at usually it's the foundation first and then is the structure of the home stable and solid. The mechanics, electrical plumbing, that's a little bit different because there are old homes and there are old homes everywhere and you're always going to deal with those kinds of issues. But really is the, it's the structural and the foundation part that Mm. is what's important. And also this, is that good with say the soils in a particular area? So we, we, we give them a cost analysis. We let them see the cost price points of the two different ways that they could go. Um, and what are the steps that have to be taken? Cause sometimes with new home construction, um, you'll have a lot more, you'll have, you, you get into a different set of, um, codes and, you yeah. know, limits on heights and setbacks. Yeah, and right. Whereas in a pre-existing condition, there's, those are, those are, they take into account that the house was there yeah. before the new laws were, you know, created. Yeah. So you may, you may be more constrained by the, the, the new codes. Right. Speaking of codes, um, how do you, where do you sit uh, around um, going beyond your your local codes, um, more in terms of the invisible features like the energy efficiency and um, sustainable or sustainability of, of the the build? Uh, do you do you try and push clients, or do clients often want to go beyond the the local regulations? Sometimes, you know, they do, we do have a, a new energy code that was adopted a couple of years ago. And so all those things that we used to sell, like uh, low E glass on mm-hmm. windows, or, you know, certain um, R factors in the insulation, all that we used to kind of, you know, educate the client of if you got it, if you, if you went this particular direction, these are the kinds of benefits you would get from that. And that was great. But now there's codes for all of that, mostly. Uh, where I think people can benefit and where I think that um, where some of the challenges like is because some of the things now that I think can benefit clients dramatically, especially in the area that we live in is like if they can put solar panels on their mm. houses and mm. then although it's a huge investment up front uh, over time and pretty quickly, if you're in the city, you can, you're, reduce your electrical bill and over time you can sell back your electricity back to the city. And so, you know, if you can convince someone to spend 20 or 30, $25,000 on solar panels, that's a great thing. And, you yeah. know, but not everyone's willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell me about something. I think it is relevant because your, your company's been around for, uh, was it 60 years now? That's that's correct. And uh, it's fascinating that the origins go back to a time of depression where the the philosophy was about not necessarily scarcity, but it was about making do with with what's Mm -hmm. there and being resourceful. How has that philosophy carried through and and brought the company through things like 2008 uh, to to remain Mm -hmm. strong? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I, I believe that it's it, instrumental in um, the success of the company making it through all the recessions for our area was, you know, in the early 80s, then the mid 90s, and then the 2000s, and then 2008. And so, and I think that, you know, my, both my parents were just, they were can-do people. They were uh, frugal, and but not to this not to the detriment of they couldn't enjoy their lives. And it just, it was just in, in their blood, you know? And so they weren't huge risk takers, but uh, they uh, would save their money and pay in cash, you know? So they never, they never lived above their means. And so they never ran the company above its means. And I believe that that, that still holds true now. I think that, you know, we, we want, we see the opportunities, we want growth, but we operate from a budget. I don't, you know, go, I won't make a decision to move forward on one item if I can't see that I can make it up in another area. So I think it's just, it's in our blood. It's just the way we are. And um, I, <laughs> the funny thing is that my parents who are still alive and I see them all the time, and my dad's always warning me, don't get ahead of yourself and you don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> and I know what he means. You know, right. he's, he's telling me because I am, you know, they were the original owners. And then my three brothers all had turns owning the company together and then separately. And now, and now it's my turn. And so now he's warning me, you know, be, be, you know, to be cautious, to, to lead with caution, not don't, you know, don't, He's not saying don't take risks. My dad was a huge risk taker, but he did it with a good head on his shoulder. Mm, mm. And you've enjoyed steady growth and strong growth over that time, but uh, measured growth by the sound of it. And 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 is that a key strategy to always be within your means and not extending? So you you don't you don't rely on um, financing or have external funders. So far, yes, and that that has not been. Um, you know, it's just based on the ownership and, mm. and leadership. And, and that's true with me, too. And I, I just think that it's funny that you asked me that because no one ever has. And I I haven't put those two together in quite the same way. Now, mind you, I've only been leader of this company for less than a year. So I could change my mind. But right now, <laughs> it really is. I, I don't think, you know, unless I had a really we had really strong uh, metrics and, and information that said, this is an area we should grow in. And this is the investment I'm willing to make into that. Um, I would always try to do that as a self-funded, you know, yeah, create some yeah. kind of campaign and earn the, earn the income in ways that we can pay, you know, within our means. You mentioned your brothers. It's, it was a big family. It is a big family. Yes. yes. Um, the obvious, uh, um, thing is that uh, the the name of the company was was Brothers originally. That's right. <laughs> how, Sons, yes. Yeah. How have you found it? You know what's coming. How ask you, I've got to ask you about being a woman in a, in, a, in what's known uh, as a, ma- a man's industry. And and you say that you've been in the role only for a year, but but to me that seems like more of just a title change because you've been there for for quite a while in a in a probably a leadership role if not if not by title then just by your presence but how how is it being a woman in a in a what's often seen as a as a men's industry 
Well, it's it definitely has its challenges, mm-hmm. and um, equal in, in equal parts. <clears throat> excuse me, being a sister in a male dominated company and being a woman in a male dominated industry yeah. has equally been challenging. Um, I, my experience has been that I've had to work uh, very hard to um, to earn the respect of, of the men in the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, but thankfully, I grew up with five brothers and yeah. a very headed father, so <laughs> that um, that that was challenging. But it wasn't uh, it wasn't unfamiliar. Mm. So I felt like I had a lot of opportunities working in the company, you know, all that time to, to develop that and work on that. And yeah. am I offended when I'm sitting down with a, another, uh, a coworker and I'm completely ignored and the coworker is being communicated to. Yeah, that happens. And I just, you know, try to use some, a little bit of grace and a little bit of grit and, you know, redirect it to look, I'm the decision maker. And so let's, let's have a conversation together, you know? And, and so those kinds of things happen often enough that I'm just reminded that, you know, uh, women have to work a little bit harder to communicate what's, what, what positions that we hold and the importance that we bring to the industry and how our, our skill sets are, are, equally strong and equally important as um, someone who's swinging a hammer out in the field, which is typically a man. Mm. So, you know, those are just some of the challenges. And I, I'm very interested in women in construction, Mm. not just as in, in the office role, which is typically where you see them, but out in the field as well. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, would love to continue to explore that and grow that. Absolutely. So you've obviously, um, you've created a great culture within your company. You've got a great brand. Um, I really like the fact that you've, you're across various platforms and, and utilizing things like Hows and, and Facebook. Um, I don't know if you've had a look at metrics, but there, are there any particular um, platforms that work uh, really well for you? Hows works really well for us. Mm. Um, we get... Uh, a pretty strong um, majority of our leads from house and it's and I and the reason house is so good and it's worked really well for us is that we pay attention to house and I think that that's yeah. what people forget is that if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in something like house pro which we have well then you also must invest in the time to you know, post your portfolio and respond to people who ask, Hey, that's a really cool X, Y, Z. Where did you get that? Or, and you've got to respond because if you don't, then you don't get the, uh, the coverage and Mm -hmm. you don't get the, you know, the, 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 the searches, you don't you don't rise to the top on those kinds of things. So I think it's equally important. And that's true with any social media I found. And like, for instance, we're not that strong on Facebook slash Instagram and most of it is because we don't invest in enough time to engage in 
who's following us and who are yeah. we following and you know all of that stuff it just takes it takes time to do um so i try to not to beat myself up too much on some areas you know like the social media areas and and if we're going to invest in house let's do that really really well yeah. not not saturate us too too much yeah yeah I do like that the uh, your Instagram uh, feed features the yellow spiral slide. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Which uh, I'll just leave it there, and people can go go and find that. That's uh, I'm sure there's some great story behind that. It is. Um, yes. To, in terms of, uh, of of delighting people, which I I get a sense that you have. Uh, do you have any tips for how, what the best way that that other building companies can delight their clients? Well, I, I think um, there's so many ways everything comes to mind, but to me, when you can truly listen and to a, to a client and help them to, you know, help them get to the point of, experiencing a space or a home in a, in a way that they never thought of before in a way that they never thought they could have before that is delighting the client, but it doesn't stop there because if you can't follow through and produce that and create a good experience in the production end of that, then, then you fail. So to me, delighting the clients is to be able to give them a really positive, strong experience from the moment they call you to the moment you hand over the keys and, um, and say goodbye. And so, it, and that's a, that's a tall, tall order. That sounds like it's uh, also, you would need to trust your team to deliver that. That's not just one person who plays a role no. in that. No. Yeah, it's not. And that, and that's why it's, that's, you know, this, when the smaller companies, when it's just one person that's wearing all the hats and doing all the stuff, they can, they have the ultimate control over all of that. But the, the larger you grow and the, and the, and when the bigger your team gets, you really do have to have uh, a solid understanding of, of your processes and how they interact with each other and how that, and, and the focus always has to be in the, pr the producing that customer experience that's going to delight our clients, mm, that's going to tell mm. good stories, you know. And so, and that if, if that is probably one of one of the biggest challenges because you also 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 have to stay relevant and stay, you know, on top of your game. So there's a lot of challenges in that. But I think you know I think that's where some of the excitement and you know. If, if you become stale, it's not fun, it's not exciting, and you, you won't delight your customers. So you have to keep it, you know, keep exploring and keep figuring out, is this the best way to be doing this yeah. right now? Yeah. So so what's next, Dolores? You, uh, what, what's your plan for where would you like to see uh, CGNS in, in another five years' time? Well, that's, that's, it's interesting you ask because that's exactly what we're exploring right now. Um, you know, Stuart and I bought the company a little bit late, later in our lives, and mm -hmm. so we're we're working on developing the company for its next chapter. And um, 
that may mean that it goes on to another family member. It may mean that we identify some key employees that are very interested in, you know, planting their feet, some planting some roots down into the company and taking it forward. So a lot of that is exploring the, the what we're calling our our CGNS Vision 3.0. You know, it's, so it's the, that third generation, and that's been a very exciting um, process. And we pull together a team of of employees and they're exploring that. And a lot of it is making sure um, we stay healthy and we we, we maintain a, a really strong foundation. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we're doing is looking at our project delivery and um, determining what is the best way to um, design, sell, design, build, estimate, build a project. What, what's the best way to do that? And so yeah. we're looking at, actually we're looking at a, a, a procedure that the technology world has taken on. It's called Scrum. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Yeah. Another, another word for it is agile. Yeah, yeah. Um, design and so we've we've taken we've we've internally read this book i i know scrum is in the name i don't know the byline of it but and so we're we're like pulling out these uh these um processes and working to develop a unified like scrum process within uh, the project delivery for design build so that's been a lot of fun yeah 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 that's fascinating the what, um what, what? the I, I know of a few companies that are transferring that that agile um, mentality out of typically software um, startup world into other types of businesses and it's fascinating to see that happen. I can see it um, working quite well in a, in a in a project type environment that uh, a design build company uh, provides. Yeah. We bring in the people at the right time. And, and then do these these sprints, but it's yeah you know, it's culture change, which is not not always easy. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you know oddly enough, because because we in in the past we were kind of working in silos, and mm. it would so what we were saying is okay, we have to learn to communicate better in between departments. Yeah. Well, Scrum solves that problem right like, immediately because everyone is together in their uh, scrum meeting, 15 minute or whatever it is meeting, and they're all communicating and everyone knows what their role is supposed to be. And so it, it's just, it's fascinating really mm, to watch mm. this happen in our company because it's, you know, our, the, I, the, the, what was driving this for us was that we were taking too long to get projects out of design into construction. And so we, that's, we were just, you know, beating our heads. And this has been going on for years. You know, what is going on? Why don't we get these things out faster? You know? So, um, the scrum process, even though we can't quite figure it out how to do it when you have 20 or 30 jobs in, in or 20, about 20 jobs in design right Mm. now, it's, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, if you have one big job, I can see where, okay, this works really well. But when you start getting 10 or 15, I, I see it kind of like if everyone's scrumming, who's when do they get their work done? <laughs> yeah, you know? so yeah, yeah, we're yeah. trying to figure that out right yeah, now. If you yeah. have any ideas, please pass uh, them along. I to don't. Me. But I'll tell you what. I I, <laughs> I I can assure you. I reckon when you once you have figured that out, that would be um, 
a great uh, topic for uh, I'm sure there'd be a lot of other construction companies and design build companies that would be very interested uh, in in learning about that journey. Um, that's exciting stuff. All right, um, hey. Appreciate your you're super busy, particularly on the Easter weekend. So thank you for your time. Just before we go, Dolores, where can people find you? We've mentioned mentioned House. Is that the best place people can look at some of your work? Either House or our website. Um, we are at CGSDB, which is a lot, a lot of letters, I know, but CGS.com. <laughs> and we have a, a lovely website. And then um, our House link is yep. CGNS design build and that's super easy to find i'll link all those up in the show notes as well thank you very much for your time dolores i really appreciate it. congratulations on on your over the the whole 60 year and, and beyond and and also your your recent success and i, I hope uh, everything goes well for you we'll, we'll stay in touch and see how the scrum scrumming goes yes i'd love to i'd love to be uh, back with you and talk about that and and thank you matthew i appreciate your time and you're delightful to talk to and that was Dolores Davis, who is President and General Manager of CGNS Design Build, based in Austin, Texas. Uh, check out their house page, and I think that's really great advice that Dolores gives about choosing a platform, whether it's uh, social media or your own Facebook page or a bit of both, and really doing it well. It's not, not just a case of signing up to these, but also having someone dedicated to it and keeping them updated uh, regularly with fresh content and houses is a great platform for that uh, some beautiful images and also some stories and client feedback as well i'll put the links to that and uh, and other information in the show notes which you can find at homestylegreen.com forward slash 187 for episode 187 thank you very much for tuning in i'm matthew cutler welsh now go make a better place to live 